Good morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Things are different this morning here in the parish. As I come to you over the internet, I am also leading a drive-in worship service outside here at Fulmer. Frustratingly, uh, as we continue to social distance, I can only see you now through uh, either windshield or on Zoom or in some other form. But I am grateful that I'm able to worship with you, whether it's over the internet or, um, or outside nonetheless. I want to today um, uh, thank the Headings family for their readings, uh, uh, Jonathan Mosier of Holy Spirit Lutheran Church for his music, and for St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral in Erie, again, for providing us uh, with, uh, with their choral uh, masterpieces. I want to thank everyone who's participating today for the Bible readings, the prayers, and of course the music. A reminder that we continue to have our Zoom coffee chat at 11 o'clock this morning, so refer to your weekly emails uh, for the information on how to participate. If you didn't receive the email, please connect with us um, on the Lutheran or the former Lutheran Parish Facebook page, and we will uh, give you the information that you need to connect with us. And then, of course, weekly, our uh, online quarantine Bible study continues uh, on Thursday night, this, uh, this coming Thursday night at 7 o'clock, with, uh, with our continued study on the, the Paul's letter to the Romans. Um, again, refer to your weekly email for information on how to participate. If you didn't receive that email, again, connect with us through our Facebook page, and we will uh, give you the information you need. Um, then, as we're doing the drive-in service, uh, remember that we're going to be doing the drive-in service for the remainder of the month of May. We will figure out what June is when, uh, when we get closer to it. But... Um, Welcome. You are all welcome to join us at 9 o'clock outside here at Fulmer, and um, we will uh, celebrate together with the windshields between us. And for those of you not able to join us at the, um, the drive-in, remember this particular um, method of worship over the Internet online service will continue, uh, at least indefinitely for now. We will uh, continue to provide this particular online service through YouTube, uh, our Facebook pages, and uh, and so if you're not able to join us at drive-in, feel free to uh, to uh, watch us. Uh, one bit of sad news uh, we I want to share with you: the death of our longtime member of the parish, Edwin uh, Kramer. He passed away early on Monday, and we celebrated his life um, on Wednesday. And so I ask you to keep the Kramer family in your prayers as they continue to grieve, but also celebrate his life his long and really full life. I also want to I'll take this opportunity to wish a belated happy birthdays to Steve Guffey, Rod Harris, Christine DeWire, and Bonnie Zerby. I hope that it was fun and filled, full, um, filled with merriment. And then coming up, I do want to wish happy birthday for in this coming week to Angela Duffy, Susan Paus, Truly Zimmerman, and Dick Umstead, and also my son who's turning one years old today. And then I want to uh, congratulate Carol and Alan Reynolds, Stacy and Ray Cation, um, as they celebrate their anniversaries this week. Uh, pretty exciting. And so with that said, let us now prepare our uh, hearts and our minds as we shall worship our Lord.
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word is near you, on your lips and on your hearts. If you confess your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Let us pray. O God, our shepherd, You know your sheep by name and lead us to safety through the valleys of death. Guide us by your voice that we may walk with certainty and security to the joyous feast prepared in your house. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first lesson is taken from Acts, the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2 starting at verse 42. The baptized devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and common life, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 23. Join me if you are able. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. You restore my soul, O Lord, and guide me along right pathways in your namesake. So I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our reading from the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, starting at verse 19. It is a credit to you, being aware of God. You endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When when abused, Christ did not return abuse. When suffering, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Christ himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. 
by his wounds we have been healed. For you going astray like a sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's Holy Gospel, according to St. John, chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd, and the sheep hears his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follows him, because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run away, because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. All right, so we're here at John and Nancy's barn with their sheep. And uh, there's some ewes and, uh, and a couple lambs back there and a ram in here. Anyway, we have here my son Jackson, and social distance way over there is Gunther. And uh, today, as you know, is Good Shepherd Sunday, and so I wanted to take the time to talk about the Shepherd Staff. Have you ever seen the Shepherd Staff? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 do you know about the Shepherd Staff? I think it's used to go put around the sheep's neck. Yeah, to hold them. Right. I'm not going to do it because I'm not trained. To do it, I may get something I don't want. But yeah, it's a way of the, the shepherd pulling them closer and keeping them in the flock and in order, right? And then, but the other thing is that it helps the shepherd walk, right? Because oftentimes, uh, uh, sheep graze on very rocky soil, and they, uh, they, um, uh, you know, the ground can be very uneven. And so having a third leg, so to speak, if you go with me, you know, a third leg of a, 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 a stick, a walking stick, helps the shepherd to stay upright and keep his focus on, um, on his flock. And right now they're all eating, as you can see. But um, the most important thing about a shepherd's staff, uh, as far as when it comes to our Christian faith, is that it's a symbol, it's an instrument of bringing us together. Right? It keeps us together as, as, a, as a group of Christians. And that's really important because one of the biggest teachings that Christ uh, shares with us is that we are always un united with Christ, always joined together. And that's really important. Right? So I want you to think about that. I want you to remember that, that the shepherd's staff is a sign of unity, a sign of being together. In, uh, as part of God's flock. Isn't that cool? And what's interesting is that the shepherd idea is not new. You know, uh, Jesus is not the first person 
to think of shepherds. Yeah, um, we think of Jesus as a shepherd, but there are many shepherds in the Bible. Can you think of any shepherds in the Bible? Yeah, it's hard, yeah. You know, Abraham, remember, was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. I can go on. Even uh, Amos, I believe, was a shepherd. There are a lot of shepherds, especially in the Old Testament. And the thing about shepherds is that they're very patient. They love their sheep. And that they're, and then when and in uh, uh, Christ says that they are even willing to to put their body on the line, you know, for their for their sheep. And, and so the image of Jesus as being the shepherd is really important for us because we know that Jesus is willing to even die for us and do everything he can also that he can keep his flock together. He protects us no matter what. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for being with us and for keeping us together always as one. We ask you, Lord, that as we... Um, that as we celebrate this Sunday as, um, uh, and commemorate you as our good shepherd, that we continue to be good sheep, a part of your flock, always focused on doing what is necessary to bring about the unity and peace of everyone in the kingdom that you have built. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay, you can go back to your sheep. Well, as I continue to sit here amongst the sheep, I'm tempted to um, use the age-old um, sermon line of how sheep are dumb and, um, and how the voice brings the sheep together. And that image of Christ being the shepherd is such a comforting um, understanding that um, it would be such an easy thing for us to focus on. And I've heard many sermons preached on that. I myself have preached on that in the past. But this week, in my preparation for the sermon, the thing that really... Uh, has stood out for me is a different understanding of the gospel text. I find that today's gospel text is really about Jesus calling us to action. And what I find that is so important is that we often miss the finer points that Christ shares with us in his his, uh, sermons and speeches. I remember that we, that um, one morning, I, uh, at a congregation I served down in Texas, a uh, mother came in, middle-aged lady came in and was all in tears and wanted to know what she had done wrong. What she had done wrong, she kept saying. What had I done wrong? And when I was able to get her to stop sobbing and just you know, and take a pause, a breath, she finally was able to say that her son, who she thought had, she had raised wonderfully, had, been just, had just been arrested for burglary. And she didn't know where she had gone wrong. So in the course of the conversation, I discovered that she was a wonderful nurse who worked at the local hospital. And she was very much um, focused on her faith, but found very little time to be able to practice her faith because of her uh, demanding work. At dead, her husband, though, was very much a person who was antagonistic toward anything religious. So on weekends and on the times that they, um, they had together, they were always out about doing things, and rarely did her son and her daughter ever get any church, any church experiences, any experiences that pointed to them toward Christ. I remember also another couple who came and talked to me, 
because they had two of their own children in college. One was just starting college and the other one was finishing college and they were not at all interested in religion. They weren't interested in anything that had to do with faith. And they wanted to know if I had any ideas on how to force them to go back to church. Well, when they said the word force, I knew that was not something that could be done um, well, because you can't force anybody to do anything. Faith is not about being forced. It is about an act of uh, realization that we need God. And so, in the course of the conversation, I discovered that they had, that the couple in their wonderful attempt to bring about faith for their children was very focused on the laws of the uh, of the faith they had to know the ten commandments they had to go to church they had to pray and they had to do it was all about had and having to do it was never and rarely was it about a relationship building experience for them it was always about following the rules and so when the children was uh, were able to get away from it, they left and they never, or at least at that point, ever turned their backs toward the faith again. So, what I discovered in this text is that Christ asks us that while he's willing to seek the lost sheep of Israel, and while he is willing to bring us together and bind us together, he's also inviting us to really think about our role in the flock as bringing about faith and pointing people toward the Good Shepherd himself. And the way that we do that is really illustrated in a magazine article that I once read that was written by a New Zealand shepherd. He said that when um, he's had his flock for years and years, and that whenever he brought in a new flock, the, the, the veteran members of the flock always helped the new uh, sheep learn the voice of the shepherd and learn the idiosyncrasies of him and, 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 and teach that, um, those, those new sheep how to live within the flock. And so that ultimately they can trust completely not only the flock, but the shepherd himself. The, sh- uh, the shepherd from New Zealand said that when, um, whenever a new uh, sheep came in, he discovered that a, a veteran uh, sheep would take um, mentoring responsibility for that one sheep, and that each sheep had their own uh, mentor that um, that they followed until they got comfortable. And he he discovered the idea of trust was um, was really important for the sheep, to the point where, whenever he walked into a pasture and the sh- and the flock was asleep, the he no matter how much noise he made. They never woke up, or they don't didn't ever seem to be disturbed. But when his young toddler son came bouncing into the into the the pasture one day, they all got up and pandemonium ensued. And next thing they know, they were trying to snip at the uh, at the toddler, and it was all that he could do to try to get to his son in the midst of all this pandemonium. And what he discovered is that when the sheep don't know who is in the midst of them, they panic and they just go crazy. I find that we as Christians are taught to always be about not only relationships, but to be about building relationships. In the 
in our Lutheran baptism liturgy, um, one of the most important parts of that liturgy, other than the actual act of the baptism itself with the water, is the covenantal part, the part where the pastor asks on behalf of the congregation, asks the couple who's bringing their child to baptism, a series of promises, what we call covenants, a series of covenants that, uh, that, that includes bringing the child to church, bringing that child to Holy Communion, putting the Bible regularly in uh, the child's uh, hands, teaching that child the Ten Commandments, the creeds, and the Lord's Prayer, and then to bring that child always into the company of other Christians so that that child will know how to grow as Christians and how to live as a disciple of Christ so that that child may grow to be a voice for God, to bring about justice and, um, and, um, and um, proclamation in this kingdom. And so we as Christians are often called to be about building relationships with one another so that we can build the kingdom of God in this place. And we do so through our baptismal promises and the covenants that we make to God at the, at, the, at the moment of baptism and in the years and days that follows after the baptism. And that is not only for our children, but it is also for ourselves. So what I hear when Christ says that the sheep hears my voice and they know me, we have to think how do we help people to recognize and know God and know the voice of God and see it and hear it when they are when they when they are confronted with it and the big challenge for all of us is always to be on the lookout and to hear the voice of god you know my suggestions is that it's always important to open the bible read it as often as you can even if you can cover up just five minutes a day, read something from the Bible. Not somebody's commentaries, just read the Bible. And then you can read somebody's commentaries or read a devotional. And then go to church as often as you can, not because I'm going to benefit from it, but because we are called to be in relationships with other Christians. In the flock of Christ, we are called to always commune with one another. And so being in the congregation, whether it's Lutheran, Catholic, wherever it may be, just be with God's people, as we promise in the baptismal services. And then, and then always proclaim, the, be the voice of God proclaim the gospel, the good news in the world. And now, as is, especially right now when we're living in this pandemic reality, and we have no idea when this reality will cease and what we knew will come back. And, and also, but before that, in this time of so much divisiveness, what, what we really need now more than ever is, this, is the voice of God speaking through us so that people can know that in times of chaos, and uh, insecurities, there is that strong rock of Christ standing in the midst of us, bringing us as a flock together. So I invite you, as we move forward this week, and as we continue to make sense of the world around us, read the Bible, pray as often as you can, proclaim the love of God, and be with God's people in every way that we can so that the world may know that the light of Christ is with us, the flock of Christ is still unified, and the voice of Christ is still heard. Amen.
Christ you have heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the, whole, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now build yourself up on most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new, is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, who strengthens you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. At this time, we normally do the offering, and again, I want to share with you, um, on behalf of the, of the parish, of both congregations of the parish, our, um, our gratitude and our thankfulness for your continued support. Without your support, we would not be able to provide you with this online service or continued ministry in other forms. Again, thank you. Praise God from God, our ordinary gifts seem small for such a celebration, but you make them an abundance, just as you do with our lives. Feed us again at this table for service in your name, in the strength of the risen Christ. Amen. Uplifted by the promised hope of healing and resurrection, we join with the people of God in all times and places in praying for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Shepherding God, we thank you for the educational ministries of your church. Enrich the work of teachers, professors, mentors, advisors, and faculty at colleges, seminaries, and other learning sites. 
Lord, in your mercy. Creating God, we praise you for those who maintain and operate farm equipment, for those who plant and harvest crops, for local farmers, markets, and for those involved in agriculture of any kind. Strengthen their hands as they feed the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guiding God, no one should be in want. Bid the nations to return to your paths of righteousness and inspire our leaders to walk in your ways so that all may have the opportunity to live abundantly and sustainably. Lord, in your mercy. Comforting God, you carry us tenderly. We pray for those who walk through dark valleys, overshadowed by anxiety and overwhelmed with suffering, especially Eileen, Herman, Natalie, Rob, Barbara, Bruce, Hulda, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Bobby and Letha, Kay, Karen, Shirley, Edna, Thelma, Phyllis, Joanne, Carl, and Carol. Lord, in your mercy. Nurturing God, you desire justice for the hungry. Bless advocacy work, food pantries, and feeding ministries in our congregations. May none of our neighbors lack for basic needs. Lord, in your mercy. Everlasting God, your beloved have heard your voice. You have called them by name and guided them to your side in death. We thank you for their, their lives a faithful witness. Lord, in your mercy. With bold confidence in your love, almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care through Christ our Lord. Remember, sisters and brothers, rejoice. Mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, and live in peace. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, you call us from death to life, from silence to speech, from idleness to action. With these gifts we offer ourselves to you, and with the church through all the ages, we give thanks for your saving love in our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the one who brought forth Jesus from the dead raise you to new life. May you with hope and turn your mourning into dancing. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. 
And as you go on your way, remember that Christ is risen, just as he said. Go in peace. Share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Peace.